0: Hi all, welcome to the latest uh, Steve Perryman podcast Got rid of the Merriman name now uh, With hope that the next game versus Leeds United isn't affected uh, As was the Fulham match Close to being almost last minute, um, which must have been frustrating for all, but especially the team who at that point were obviously all prepared to, to go into battle um, in order to, to drive away that feeling of frustration that we all had um, because of the Wolves' uh, late goal and the loss of two, two more points. Uh, just hope for football's sake that uh, the reasons why it was off uh, were genuine and not instigated by someone not doing it properly um, or correctly with regards to the, the bubble situation or shielding on, you know, living by the rules. Um, very good news about Jimmy's uh, MBE, uh, and but although I've heard about his son Danny accepting the honour in good spirit um, and how proud he was of his dad, etc. Which of course we all understand. Also, hear that Jim's wife uh, has stated that it was a bit late. Um, and therefore a a bit backhanded in in her eyes, almost as an afterthought. So I mentioned Ron Flowers before he was honored, so well done Ron, um, which was great and and well-earned too. But when the the best goal scorer in in recent history, and this is no respect uh, to the very able and consistent Wolves player, Ron Flowers, it doesn't quite match up in, the, in terms of the fairness scale. The only time I ever felt um, received a backhanded compliment was, was certainly not my MBE, um, that, that was for services to football, but was when I was given my one and only uh, full England cap um, that I wished afterwards that I'd rejected uh, for all sorts of reasons um of how the three or four days away with the squad preparing for the 1982 world cup finals was handled or more li- likelihood was mishandled um but that's another story so um uh, yeah thanks tom and howard for being present today as ever um thank you for your consistency where these podcasts are concerned um, before I hand over to Howard, I've, uh, health-wise, I've been out for my first walk today. This is the best I've felt, uh, mm-hmm. since going down with, with the, uh, the Lurgy and, um, feel much better for, for getting some fresh air down my lungs. It, it certainly doesn't help the coughing situation that, but, uh, but I'm just happy that fresh air was, was entering the lungs. So, so Yeah. So Howard, um, good afternoon, could you give us your reminiscences from, uh, from past days?
1: Hi Steve, yes, I'd love to. But before I do that, i just t- like to take a minute out of, the, out of the day to talk about Eric Charles, who passed away this week. He was 89 years old, a very nice successful man and a fanatic Spurs supporter. His eldest daughter Sue is married to my nephew Richard. In football terms, Richard was, of course, carefully brought up by me and is a huge Spurs fan, as are his three children. At the funeral, each of the speakers talked about Eric in such glowing terms of his ability, his generosity, his work ethic, his love of family. And in every speech, the speaker talked at length about Eric's love of Tottenham. When Richard first met Eric, he asked him just one question, who do you support? Richard replied Spurs, and no other question was needed. Eric was a West End critic. Exactly. He was a a West End critic who would rant on about how awful we were. One season, we had to pass him to get to our seats. He would immediately ask if I'd brought my boots, as I couldn't be worse than the people out there on the pitch. He was clearly a dedicated and true Spurs fan. May he rest in peace.
0: Yes, sir. Absolutely. Which game are you going to feature on Howard? I'm
1: going to the game of the 28th of
0: April, 1975, when we
1: needed to beat Leeds to stay up. What a season it had been. We lost our first three games 1-0, then the fourth 2-1. Then Bill Nicholson resigned. Mr Tottenham, the man who made Spurs what we were. He cited as his reason that he lost touch with the younger generation of players and he wanted to hand over to a younger man. His first port of call was Danny Blanchflower, Captain of our double team and very much his own man. He had not gone into management since his retirement from the game, but was a well-respected football journalist. He then wrote an article in which he explained why he never wanted to manage a club, unless the Tottenham job became available. So he started putting together the management team he wanted. For a Spurs fan like me, who loves the romance of the game, this was very exciting. Except for the minor inconvenience that the Spurs board had not appointed him. In fact, they hadn't spoken to him at all. They put out an advert for applicants who were interested. Danny, meanwhile, said he wanted to be invited to take the job, not to send in an application. We were due to play Middlesbrough in the League Cup on the second of September, that we, Viv, me, and Terry, were walking to the ground when we heard excited chatter. But it wasn't until we got to our seats that the word passed around that the board had appointed Terry Neal. Terry who? Terry who? we shouted. It slowly dawned on us that they meant Terry Neal, former captain of Scum. The word was that he'd responded to the advert, whereas Danny had not. Another rumour was that he'd been manager of Hull, but had just been sacked. All all seems incredible now, but the board of those days had no understanding of the way the supporters of each side felt. In the midst of all this was Bill Nicholson, but the board never spoke to him regarding his, his successor, and very quickly he'd packed his bags and gone. So Terry Neal it was. The best thing he did in almost two years at the helm was to bring in a coach who would go on to become one of our most successful managers, Keith Birkinshaw. So back to season 74-75. We flirted with the relegation all season and with three games to go, Carlisle already down between Chelsea, Luton and us to fill the two positions left. We played Chelsea on April 19th at White Hart Lane. Lots of crowd trouble and a mean-tempered game Saw us win 2 0 and Chelsea were down. We lost 1 0 at Scum and were left with one match to play, home to mighty leagues on Leeds on Monday 28th of April. Anything but a win would see us relegated. With Carlisle already down and Luton and Chelsea having played all of their games, Tottenham would remain in the top flight only if they beat Leeds in the last fixture. It would not take long for the nervous Tottenham fans to find peace. Nerves were settled after just five minutes when Cyril Knowles slammed home a free kick from the edge of the area. We dominated nice one it. Zero. Nice one zero. We dominated the opening period, but were unable to get that vital second goal, despite our constant bombardment of the Leeds goal. The second half continued in a similar vein and Spurs finally got their reward when Martin Chivers, back in the side after a two month layoff, fired home from close range. The result was virtually made safe on the doubt hour when Knowles converted a penalty after Trevor Cherry had brought down... Can you help me with this one? I think brought me down. Yes. Jordan pulled a, back, a goal back for Leeds to silence the Spurs fan. But the celebrations which followed Alfie Conn's strike to make it 4-1 were as loud as any and as long as any championship winning season. An 81st-minute Peter Lorimer goal for Leeds went largely unnoticed by the home supporters, who swamped the pitch on the final whistle to mob their heroes on a memorable afternoon at the Lane. The Daily Mail's David Miller wrote: "Spurs last night saved their f- flattering First Division status with style and bravado, the match which is a distinguished finale to the domestic season." Five weeks ago, Chairman Sidney Wheel said it would take a miracle to save Tottenham, and the miracle was achieved with a haul of 10 points from the last seven games. The team's plight pulled in nearly 50,000 fans that night. Many of them stayed on long after the final whistle. The Guardian's David Lacey observed that perhaps the next most enjoyable experience of success is narrow survival. But despite a top-half finish in his second season at White Hart Lane, Neil left in the summer and the club were relegated at the end of 76-77. Anyway, we eventually left the ground that night and stopped outside a cheap chicken place. There we ordered chicken and a bottle of champagne.
0: Well done, Howard. Um, Lots of things to talk about with regard to the the memories of of that particular game. Um, But just to start off with the Bill Nicholson and Danny Blanchlow thing, Danny actually wanted to bring Johnny Giles with him. Mm. Um, and of course Danny didn't come, so nobody else did, and um, uh, the other Irishman, Terry Neal, was quite rightly appointed, as you said. Um, uh, I've been pulled up on this one before, Howard. Apparently, we didn't need to win that last game, but we needed not to get beaten, so we'll leave that one as it is, but, um, but yeah, So but it felt like it felt like we needed to win. And therefore, yeah. if you go out there hoping to get a draw, then a deflection, an own goal, a piece of bad luck, and you know, all that good work could be undone. So, so you're better off trying to win that last game, and, and we certainly did. You mentioned Alfie Khan. Alfie Kahn um, was a particular type of player, um, very good at what he did um not so good in a struggling team which we were and alfie Kahn decided at a certain point during proceedings with our towels um with that, you know with us playing with confidence and looked like winning the game alfie Kahn decided to sit on the ball against the very aggressive leeds team that's not a very clever thing to do and Billy Bremner looked at me and said, and we weren't friends by any means, Stevie, tell that Scottish prick that if he sits on the ball again, we're going to start trying. Now, I can't, I do not consider that Leeds were not trying that night. Of course they were, but that that was Billy's way of uh, getting a thing that, um, you don't do that to a, to a top team like they were. And um, yes, yeah, there's something about Alfie as well, the fact that he felt he needed to do it. So a um, lot of relief. Um, the signs of relegation were there that night. And the fact that we scraped out of it, probably the lessons weren't taken up by the board, weren't learnt, and it, it took... As you said, a season under Keith Birkinshaw, we actually get relegated, that uh, started changing some opinions and some ways of dealing, etc., that, that uh, eventually brought us back to the top league and uh, the sort of glamour status that the, the the club had gained under under the great Bill Nicholson, um, and led to you know Keith being. Second most successful manager in in the history. So um, that's my recollection of the game. We were we were very nervous to start off with, and and it took a penalty or a free kick or or something like that to 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 give us confidence. Uh, but Cyril Knowles, particularly nice one. Cyril was was terrific on that night, and as you say, Martin Chivers returning to the team also. So uh, also did his bit, as, as we all did, hopefully. So I, I would like to speak about my first ever game against Leeds United, um, away at Leeds. Um, I found it to be a very, very aggressive place to play football. Um, it continued to be so for most of the time that I played there. And I think back to Jose Mourinho's um, comment about you've got to be intelligent, let's say bastards, for want of a better word, um, to be able to compete uh, effectively in top-class football. Well, Don Revy and his Leeds team, a very, very good team of that era, and I, I believe that they were the... The top team of that era, um, wonderful players, great, great technique within that that group, and what balance in a team, and uh, it meant that they had a number of years at the top of the tree. And, and you know, even after we beat them in that that uh, relegation issue, Howard, I think they were in a couple of weeks' time to go and uh, represent uh, Britain in one of the European finals. So Johnny Giles and Brenda were particularly good opponents, tough opponents, um, and they tested me on my first visit there. Um, it was a game that we managed to win 2-1. Martin Chivers scored both goals. We, this was around about New Year, January time. We went top of the league after that fine victory. Returning home on the train was, was fantastic what a great spirit we had about us. And and um, of course, Pat Jennings was 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 called in to do his normal amount of work to keep the score uh, as it was at 2-1. But um, I, I was left with a feeling that that day, that afternoon, and I think there was probably frost involved. And I remember bales of straw being used on the pitch before the game to try and stop the heavy frost getting into the ground. And even, I think even fires were lit, uh, like small type bonfires around the edge of the pitch. Again, to, to sort of warm, warm it up. Uh, because Leeds were, you know, you could say they were competitive, some would say dirty but they're also a very good football team and they wanted as good a pitch as they could get. So, um, uh, yeah, I had an uh, an unfortunate incident with Johnny Giles at the end of the game. Um, I decided to take on Bremner and Giles, um, at what they were good at, which was, you know, being ultra competitive and, and a bit nasty and, um, so I wouldn't shake, shake Johnny Giles' hand at the end of the game, and therefore the sort of bomb went up, and there was all sorts of trouble in the, in the uh, in the tunnel. But it, it it led me to think about Don Revy, great manager that he was, that he decided to to just pinch half an half a degree, half a percentage of a bit extra for his team to make sure that they were successful, and I my problem with that was that that they were the best football team, and if it just allowed them to play, they would have won, in my opinion, everything. The fact that they went in for all this sort of extra nonsense uh, suggested to me that he's underlying Messi was, by trying to achieve that extra half a percent here and there, and I heard about bottles of st- of spirits left in the, the referee's room that was not expected to be you know when they left, and I particularly know that that wasn't the case at Tottenham because I had to clean the referee's room out and make sure they had drinks, etc, ready and there was no hint of a spirit in any of the Tottenham referee rooms. so it, it led me to think that um, his underlying message was that we're not quite good. And I think that is such a bad message for, for a coach or manager to, to, to give to his team. So, very competitive team, wonderful players, Brendan Giles I mentioned, um, you know, people like Paul Madeley, Unsung Hero, uh, Cooper, uh, Rini. I think everyone had doubts about the goalkeeper's streak. Um, because he, he let some strange goals in. Um, but not being a judge of goalkeepers, but actually my judgment was, do I like what I see? Um, I didn't quite ever, ever trust Sprake goal and was pleased that he was he was an opponent not in goal for us. So um, that's my recollections of, of Leeds United and being... Not afraid to go there. That wasn't the word, but it—it it certainly gave me a sense of you are now. This is serious, Steve. This is serious stuff. You know, you—you—you're having challenges here. Could possibly break your leg and end your career. And at that point, a young player, um, not not that type of players, as as was taught by. Bill Nicholson or Eddie Bailey of course they wanted you competitive was, of course they wanted you to win your personal battle but um, it was a, a defining moment of you've got to be seriously prepared for these games you've got to be seriously competitive you've got to be prepared to put your foot in where it hurts and you know without wishing to go and injure someone you've got to let them know that you are here to play and to compete. And uh, I think the good thing about my first visit to Leeds United was that at the end of the game, I left my mark on that club that whenever I competed against Leeds United in the future, they knew Steve Perryman was up for the fight. So um, I'm particularly proud of that. So thank you for listening, everyone. Um, we are talking here on New Year's Eve. Want to wish you all happy New Year um, to you, Howard and Viv. Thank you very much for your help Pleasure, and thank your you. Word, and your words and uh, and Tom and lovely family. Thank you very much, Tom. And um, we'll um, the next next game we're going to talk about Howard is. Is Brentford, yeah, Brentford and uh, yeah, and, and Marine, yeah, yeah. So two two strange games for a, for a top team, but uh, Brentford one is particularly close to my heart as I was a, an ex manager there with uh, good men or some most good memories, but some some other memories as well. So I look forward to speaking to you very soon. and Happy New Year! Be safe, everyone, and be careful. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Steve. Up Happy the you. Spurs.